They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. All right, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff. And we are here with another special guest today. We have Terry Hoffman, who is the CEO and founder of Marketing Refresh, straight out of Colorado. Terry, is it Fruta? Is that how I say it? That's right, Fruta. <laughs> okay, where is Fruta, Colorado? The next closest city to us is Grand Junction. And so we're way on the western side of the state. Um, really close to Utah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Like less than 20 miles from Utah. Yeah. I love Utah. And my agency is actually based in Houston in Texas. So that's really our roots. Um, My husband and I just moved here about a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. So we need to get this history. So first of all, Terry, thank you so much for being here. So tell us about marketing refresh. Like I would love to know this Houston to Colorado history, but tell us what, what was happening. I know you've got 25 plus years experience in the industry where you were like, Mm -hmm. you know what, I'm doing this on my own. And then how it evolved. Yeah. Our, our origin story was uh, very unintentional. I had actually gotten laid off from a director of marketing role in 2008, right. When the economy was, you know, going through the huge downturn and Mm -hmm. kind of crashing and started to interview for new jobs and was working with the recruiter and she was putting me up for the final interview at a really a great role that I was really interested in and the night before my last interview she said I've been thinking about you so much and I think you're more of an entrepreneur I really think you should not take another in-house marketing job and I think you need to start your own company wow and at the time that was never owning a business was never a goal of mine that was just never in my sights um, at the time I was a single parent, I had two little girls and I was like, uh, you're insane. Please just get me this job. I need a job. <laughs> um, but I slept on it that night and, you know, I, I really thought about it a lot and woke up the next day and said, yeah, I'm not going to the interview. I'm going to start a business. So I, I, I'm like one of those people who's comfortable jumping off a building with no parachute. Cause that's exactly what I did. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But I knew that I had enough connections in the marketing industry and could find enough just freelance work to sort of get the revenue started Mm -hmm. um, until I got my arms around, you know, what I really wanted to do. This was also the time that HubSpot was becoming um, a business and WordPress was starting to become more accessible and popular. So the way that you um, had to think as a business owner and the tools that you had access to were just majorly evolving at this point in time. So I saw an opportunity to go into small and medium sized businesses and really get them access to tools that normally enterprises really only had access to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw a big need in the market and, you know, never imagined myself as a business owner, but I dove in and really just started thinking about how I could get myself work and then how that could translate to, you know, bringing other people onto my, onto my team. So being an entrepreneur, or I'm sorry, being in corporate for all that time, that's a shift. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, because you yeah. say I'm comfortable doing that, but 
it sounds like you had to learn to get comfortable to do that because you were kind of like, I want the safe job. I want that. So how did your mindset shift uh, from that? Okay. Sounds like you were like, job's not here. I'm all in. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how did that mindset shift? Even I'm assuming there's been a little, there's been times of uncertainty where you're like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, my, my heels are dug. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I think, you know, some of it comes from just, um, a little bit of, uh, like ignorance, (laughs) but also (laughs) because I had absolutely no idea how building and running a business and how hard and how many challenges I'd run into. If I had known that at the time, not sure I would have made that same decision. Mm -hmm. Um, it seemed really just simple at the moment I made that decision. And then the other thing is I've always, you know, probably been overly confident at times that, uh, and I, I feel really lucky that I do have a lot of confidence in myself. Um, but I also know that that confidence comes from a lot of preparation. Like I knew, I knew what was going on in the marketing space at that time. I had spent a lot of time personally investing, you know, personal time into reading anything I could get my hands on and mm-hmm. educating myself. And so I think that confidence in my preparation just made me feel like it it was okay to take that leap. And then the confidence that I had some r- good relationships that I could get some immediate, you know, writing business or project management business from also, also helped investing in those relationships and, and not burning bridges and making sure that people always know your value, I think is really important. I love that. So yeah, you've decided you're not going to take the job. What's what happened mm-hmm. the next day? Were you like, I'm going to, I have to form a plan. Like I, like how did that all transpire? <laughs> um, so this is our 14th year in business and the first probably 12 years. No, I never had a plan. Yeah. I just, <laughs> right. I just kind of coasted from one thing to the next thing. And the first thing I did was reach out to a good friend of mine who owned a business and invited him to lunch and said, what do I need to do? You know, and so he gave me some of the basics about, you know, here's how you file and set up an LLC. Um, make sure you get like three or four retainer clients, figure out what you could what you could do for them in terms of services. And guess what? I'll hire you. I'll give you a scope now. And here's how much I'll pay you. You can do my marketing. So those relationships were huge. Yeah. At the beginning and then getting that basic advice, like figure out how you can cover your salary essentially by being valuable to a few companies. And then you can kind of step back and have a little breathing room to figure out what you want to, what you want to do next. Cause at that point I wasn't sure if I just wanted to run it as a, you know, I need to figure out how to get business for myself or do I actually want to build a team and have an agency and a company that I hadn't quite gotten to that point where I was asking myself those questions just yet. I was just really worried about myself at first. Mm -hmm. So take us to that place where those conversations did start happening of, okay, Mm -hmm. either you're overwhelmed and you're burning the candle at both ends, you need help, or you made that specific shift to say, it's no longer just about me paying my bills. I want to make this something bigger. Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head. It was just not having enough time in the day. And then also not having the skills. So digital marketing requires everything from, it's just such a diversity of skills that you need from creative to project management to technical and content creation. And I I knew like one person can't do, you know, all of that and really serve a company's needs. And so I 
brought in a, a guy as a, a contract partner who could help me with the technical parts of the job and then another person who could help with design. And I was still focusing on writing and project management. But, you know, fast forward and after a few years of continuing to find all those little pieces, I'm like, I think I kind of have employees and they're not really contractors anymore. I'm giving them most of their work. So I'm going to hire them and actually make this a business. And I got office space at that point. And that's where things really changed. That was maybe like four or five years into the business that I made that, that shift and change. And then of course you got to start thinking about all different things. What's my culture? Am I, how much am I paying people? What are, what is my compensation plan? Do I provide benefits? You know, that opened up a whole other set of questions that, that I had to figure out. Now, did that happen prior to Goldman or after? I just did the Goldman Sachs program last fall. Oh, okay. And so I'm a very recent graduate of the, of my cohort. And, you know, I, I got just to save you guys a lot of time in my story. I, I continued from like year five to year 12 with just buying by the seat of my pants, you know, and focusing so hard on customer service and always making sure that we were delivering that I think that always carried us through and continued to make us successful and grow. But I realized like something's missing here where I'm not thinking strategically enough. And I don't know that I know how I had a business degree in college, but that was, you know, not translating through to the tools I needed to really run and scale and grow my business. And so that's what I had several business owner friends and clients who had taken the class and kept suggesting it to me. And I finally found the time in my life to commit to it. And wow, what, what a game changer (laughs) that that program has been for us. But even before, before that, how, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, it's okay. Yes, you're flying by the seat of your pants. However, it's amazing that you had a 12 year business up until that point, right? And so, obviously, you were doing some things right, whether they were intentional or you just happened upon them. Like, but mm-hmm. what were some of those things like from a culture perspective? It sounds like like the culture was focused on you know customer service, customer service center type mm-hmm. of deal. Um, what were some of those things that you did again, whether they were intentional or not, but they worked? That was getting you to a place of a 12 year in, you know, success of a company. Yeah. I think the couple of things we did that were intentional were focusing on relationships, relationships with clients, people I knew in the marketing sphere who could refer business to us or be business for us and making sure that I was always trying to provide value, even if they weren't a client, because my mindset is always, you never know um, where business is going to come from. Right. So you, you try to do the right thing for relationships. You invest in them. Sometimes you give a little bit more than you might receive, but you never know where that's going to go over time. And then customer service with our current clients and making sure we are delivering really good value you know, for our clients. But those are, those are really the two key things for us. Yeah, I was going to say, because a lot of the stuff that you're talking about in terms of like strategy in the business, those are some of the things that I learned through the program and you're already thinking like, okay, like what do I want to offer as a benefits package? And, and all, I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So go ahead. We had, we had great partners. So I had, you know, a CPA firm at that point that we were working with and 
you know, I had a really good relationship with her to be able to just call and say, I have to offer benefits. I don't know what I'm doing. What do I do? Who do I call? How do I figure this out? You know, and I just, I never was shy about reaching out to people in my network who I knew knew more than me Mm -hmm. and just telling them like, I don't know what to do next. Help me. Right. You did the elusive asking for help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's very yeah. sad that yeah. not, I mean, I'm horrible about asking for help, horrible about it. But it's like you had no and not that you should have had shame when I say that you had no shame in it. No. And it's amazing. And it led you to exactly where you needed to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're right. And I, I do think women in particular have a really hard time with that when um and that's, that's why helping other women in the business world is really important to me. Um, because you, you have, uh, you know, that's like a whole other podcast series. That's not the one I'm on right now, but <laughs> you as a female just never want to expose a weakness or a vulnerability because we need to be strong in our, our business self mm-hmm. and persona, but it's, it's okay, you know, to expose those to people you trust. Yeah. And get get the advice you need to improve. Yeah, I love it. So yep. we we get to Goldman Sachs. So you're 12 years in, you're chugging mm-hmm. along, you've got some success. And you said it was just this experience. Can you talk about business, where you were, and then really some of those big shifts that happened in that time frame of, of going through the program? Yeah, for sure. So the main reason that I decided to, to take the plunge and invest the time in 10KSB was because... I didn't feel like my financial literacy was strong enough. So the the sections that really focused on, you know, reading your financial statements and understanding them and analyzing them is what really appealed to me. Um, and that's what drove me to sign up. And then, of course, you get so much more value. The curriculum is so much broader than that. Mm-hmm. And I think I did achieve that and I did learn it. And I, I made myself watch and rewatch those modules so many times until I was sure I understood it. I could do all the little workbook exercises. Um, and then the second thing was realizing that the company is about more than me, you know, and it's, it's, it just sounds so simple, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing a good enough job of thinking that way and thinking about what are the opportunities I'm creating for my team? How are they growing in their careers? How am I, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's so easy to fall into the trap of thinking that the company is all about you Mm -hmm. and, you know, for a lot of people, that's fine. And that's where they can stay. But if you don't change that mindset, you're not going to grow past a certain point, you're gonna be putting a ceiling on the company growth, if that's how you want to continue to proceed. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So what were some of the biggest growing pains that you've faced in the business? I would say, really, probably related to the two things I just talked about, it's recruiting, and um, hiring for the right culture, and keeping that focus and not, not falling into the trap of thinking like the skill set is what you're hiring for. You're hiring more for that culture mm-hmm. fit and determining what the gap is in the skill set that might need to be trained for or learned. And then, you know, probably the financial management, I mean, just managing cash flow and making sure that you have a good understanding of when you're seeing this trend happening, here's the decision that you should be making off of it and just letting letting your emotions get too wrapped up in financial decisions when, um, you know, it's, of course there are exceptions and sometimes you have to trust your intuition, but 
you know, you really need to look at the data pretty regularly to make sure that you're staying on track. I would love to know from that culture question, the hiring differences. So like Mm -hmm. pre really focused on the culture versus like skills versus culture, right? Obviously skills are still important, but what are some of those things that you, that's really important to you as you're hiring that you look for now that maybe you overlooked or, you know, didn't focus on? Right. So we went through an exercise, um, from Donald Miller. Donald Miller is the creator of the story brand framework. So a lot of people know him from that book. Um, he also created a a program called business made simple, which is so well done. And as part of that program, you learn how to create guiding principles. And so they're, they would equate most closely to a company making a mission and a vision. Um, I've, I think mission and vision are very important. We never really had a strong one established in our company, but what always bothers me about missions and visions is you just feel like you hear these same words over and over. And I'm like, I feel like saying you want to have trust and integrity, like, gosh, I hope so. You know, like, yeah, I shouldn't have to list that. Right. Um, And his structure just made so much more sense to me. It's so much more tangible. And I wanted something that people could really look at every day and see exactly what they could be doing every day to contribute to that. Mm-hmm. And so going with that framework was the first big decision. And the second part of that was, you know, listing out, he has a mission and then he has guiding principles and then he has key characteristics mm-hmm. and that becomes your culture. Um, and you make that a part of your interviewing process. You make that part of your team building, your training, um, if we're, you know, looking at someone's performance and deciding if they're doing a good job or need improvement, we're measuring them against those guiding principles and, and key key performance uh, characteristics. And it just makes it so much more clear. So, you know, at Marketing Refresh, we want people who are continuous learners. They're looking mm-hmm. at data. They're data-driven people. Um, they use that data and their intuition to make recommendations and decisions. They're setting good expectations with clients. Just as a few examples, like those are the things that I think are more tangible for someone than saying, we want you to be professional and have integrity. Like I definitely want (laughs) you to be professional and have integrity a hundred percent. But I think it makes it more clear how that plays out day to day and what how you're connecting those those values to your actions. Uh, so it's so funny you brought that up. I don't think it's in my bag right now, but my husband just gave me, so I'm a huge Donald Miller fan, read Storybook Marketing, have the book, went through the program, all that stuff. Um, I have Business Made Simple. It's still sitting on my bookshelf, <laughs> confessing I haven't read it. However, my husband's like, I accidentally ordered two of these books. Here's one. And it's it's called, I think it's How to Build a Small Business or something like that. And so I'm going through it. I'm printing out the worksheets. And that is what I'm on right now is building out that whole key framework and everything. So it's funny you bring that up because I'm like, I'm not doing this well. And I've got it all where I'm like writing it out, working through it. So I'm a firm believer in him, too. He's I really do love him. He has a free version of that video series that yes. anyone can sign up for. And it's like a four to five minute video every morning for I think a month. Wow. It might be two months. I can't remember. But I did it. And it was it was really helpful just to get your mind going in the right direction every morning. And, you know, I thought through like, who are my top employees? What do they do every day? 
that really makes them valuable and stand out and what makes them more successful than other people in the field. And I kind of just started writing those down and observing them. And I built up this list and then kind of went through and picked out the things that I thought were the most important. And then I shared those with our team and I made sure, you know, because sometimes as the owner, you see things through rose colored glasses and you see things inaccurately, but you know, they, they agreed. They definitely made some improvements to what I put together and found some other gaps I didn't see, but that, that got them bought into it. And, um, you know, it just, it creates something aspirational that Mm -hmm. you can't always measure up to every single day, minute by minute, hour by hour, but you have something to shoot for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so how many team members do you have now? So we have 12 full-time employees and then we have a a collection and kind of a network of contractors who we bring in for certain projects as well. We have about 20 who fall into that category. And so you were, you started in Houston. Mm -hmm. And so what's that transition been like moving to Colorado? Are you, have you retained the, the building in Houston is, how's that working? No, we moved to a completely virtual operating model. Um, and that was post COVID. So like a lot of companies, we let our office space go, um, that we had in Houston and moved to a virtual model. A lot of our employees moved out of state or to different states. I think we have employees in five states now. We also have clients in different parts of the country kind of scattered all over. Um, so, you know, just operating on zoom and flying when there's uh, a need for an in-person uh, project meeting that that's worked great for us. You know, we've, we've been able to stay accountable and kind of keep things on track that way, but it definitely requires finding a very specific type of person who can work for us. It's, right. it's not easy. It's not being easy shut in your house every day no. working by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, marketing is so broad. Are you, do you focus on, um, one type of niche or one type of industry? Yeah, we do. We we actually just went through a pretty big change this year on that front. So we focus purely on B2B marketing mm-hmm. for manufacturing, construction, um, awesome. and energy companies. And oh. so we, I, what I see is a big gap in those spaces in really understanding how to leverage their website for their salespeople, you know, and, and putting together. So we really specialize in lead generation for salespeople. Um, by pulling a lot of our clients out of, you know, the early two thousands in terms (laughs) of the way they approach sales and marketing and revenue growth, we're, we're reeducating them. Um, a lot of times people in that industry don't realize how often people are searching for what they do Mm -hmm. on Google and on LinkedIn. And we can pull data together to show them and kind of put a business case together that helps them see a clear path to ROI and ROI is huge for our clients. They want to know, you know, marketing feels like this creative field and it is, but it, there is actually a lot of data in the digital marketing realm that can help, um, you know, make it a more left brain decision. Yeah. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious what was going on with your business? Like what was happening where you saw this, like, you know what, this makes sense to really, we're, we're, we're here, let's go here and really double down on the, the narrower focus. I was influenced by a few things. So the Goldman Sachs program 
10K is be opened my eyes to, you know, just putting the growth strategy together mm-hmm. and doing the research on that. Um, researching our current client base, we had like 70% of our clients that already fit that niche and we had great case studies put together. We really understood the pain points. And so that, that program helped me see that. Um, I would say a second big influence is just thinking about your staffing and your, your resources. You know, what type of expertise do we have? Do we need to really understand and be experts on TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter or X and, you know, all these different platforms? No, you're, you're spreading yourself very thin mm-hmm. when you do that. And so I wanted to really niche down and have specializations that I could build a team around. And then I also am uh, following a guy named Peter Caputa. He is the CEO of Databox. He used to be in charge of partner marketing at HubSpot. And he is uh, a huge fan of developing a niche market. And I'm going actually going through a process that he's creating right now um, to learn more for our business, but also, you know, learning a new technique that can help our clients. So that that's, and he's, he's like, don't go to step two until step one is figure out your mark, market niche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard one though. It is it's hard. Really hard. Yes, it's so hard. We were just having this conversation in my Vistage meeting where it's like, you get, it's especially as you're starting, right? All of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can help you with that. Yeah, I can help you with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know how to do this. I'll help mm-hmm. you with that. And and your help, but it's really unclear who you help. So you're when people are seeing you from the outside, it's like, can't I, what do you do? Like, that's the worst thing you could yeah. ever be asked yes. as a business. What do you do? Or who do you help? Like, when it's not clear right. like that. Mm-hmm. And it just it becomes so easy and it can be scary, too, because I'm sure you had clients that you were like, they don't fit in the niche anymore. Or you, I'm sure you've had companies come mm-hmm. to you and say, can you help us? And you're like, it's not our forte. And to mm-hmm. say no as a business owner can be terrifying. Yeah, it is. It is. It was. It will continue to be. <laughs> yeah. um, it is. But, you know, when you take on a client and I, this happened several times in our company, and you begin the onboarding process and you have a kickoff meeting internally with the account team and you start talking about the business and you start to see the stress. Um, oh, I have to learn this new channel that I don't know anything about, or I have mm-hmm. to learn this new industry that I don't know anything about. You know, th- I would step back and ask myself, why am I, why am I putting my team through this? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be smarter. I, there is certainly a huge depth of companies that we can help in these niche markets that don't, I mean, first of all, they're going to benefit because we already know we already have the playbook, you know, to do what they need. And we're not reinventing the wheel every time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it's less stress for my team. It's already stressful enough to have to deliver results. Um, now if you're stressed also by having to learn a whole new area of marketing that you don't know anything about, that's, you know, just ads and it's not sustainable. Yeah, we even look at like threads, right? Oh. Like, oh my God, like yeah. threads was like this really cool thing for like two days. And oh my God, I'm going to be the, th- I, had, I saw somebody serious, I swear to you all, like they were doing a speaking engagement on threads. I'm like, it's 24 hours old. Shut up. You do not know enough to speak about it. Yeah. Sit down. But 
it was like, oh my gosh, do we need threads? Do our customers need to be on threads? And I'm sure, you know, and then it was gone. <laughs> it's yeah. still there, but like nobody uses it. So it's yeah. like, you, you, you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta be, I gotta be, I gotta be. Yeah. Where there's an underlying level of marketing where that always stays constant, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing your message, knowing how to use a website, knowing all these things, that's always gonna stay constant. And if you're really good at that, you're not chasing a tail. I don't right. know. Everybody's telling us to lean into TikTok. Like, well, and, and I believe it. Yeah, yeah it I'm, can be. It's mm-hmm. yeah, but it's constantly chasing it. Like if the learn, and it's just like the, the littlest tweak. Like oh, how you edit the video, and it's you know you're running a business. I don't have time to sit here and yeah. try to figure out. If I can do this video. But for an oil company, yeah. they, they don't care about TikTok, right? right. Like, you're just yeah. like, yeah, I can I can show you, but that's not going to be how you you generate leads for your sales team. Right. That makes sense. Right. We want to worry and follow the trends of the new ad types coming out on Google, yeah. the new ad types coming out with LinkedIn. How is, is Google adjusting their algorithm for keyword rankings? You know, like, that's enough to keep up with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's enough. We want to be experts, not chasing, you know, we're going to learn this at the same time the client is learning. It's just disingenuous. And, you know, I I realized it just wasn't a direction we wanted to keep going. Mm -hmm. I love that you held ground. So what's next for you guys? Really, really, we've just got to update our website. So we have to do our own branding and our own revisiting of our marketing strategy. And that's, you know, we're kind of in the middle of getting that project done. And then, um, you know, I've, I've been considering different ways to really get this new message out. And um, podcasting is one avenue that I'm looking into right now. Um, another area is this collaborative growth strategy that Databox is creating and going to be selling. And, you know, just trying to figure out how we use our own expertise as Google Ads managers and LinkedIn Ads managers to get our own leads. We've been really fortunate to grow through referrals to this point. But now I, I have a taste for from 10 KSP to hit my revenue goals. And so I, I want to grow more aggressively. I think it's fun to know that I have a team that can deliver on it, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, I want to find more business and help us grow. I love it. All yeah. right. Freddie. Ready for rapid fire? Rapid fire. Uh-oh. I feel like we need I'm to do like music. Let's do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like a sound effect. <laughs> uh, your favorite beverage. Um, Waterloo black cherry sparkling water. Oh, it's got like extra bubbles in it. It makes yeah. me so happy. Uh, the best advice you've ever been given. Um, don't set your goals too low. Mm-hmm. So I got John Whaley. He was one of the, um, curriculum providers in 10 KSB and he's, he helped with do you remember the week where you have to like set your cast your vision or kind of set your growth goals? I can't remember what the yeah, module mm-hmm. was called, but he taught that. And I was like, I've been thinking way too small. You tell yourself a story in your life about what you're capable of and what you can achieve and kind of what you deserve. And he really opened my eyes to that and just like thinking bigger. Yeah. You might actually achieve it. You know, yeah. if you set a big goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone. This is going to be super cheesy, but my kids. Oh, I love love it. How old are they? Yeah, They're in their 20s. 22, 23, 26, I think. Oh, my God. They better not listen to this. I think that's right. 
But yeah, you're at yeah. that place where you're not the center of their world anymore. And exactly. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to make myself cry and then they're going <laughs> to laugh at me later. But for sure, having a family dinner would be my first choice. Oh, I love, I love that. It makes me cry because now I'm like, we're not having enough family dinners. But. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I can't forget my son in law so that if they actually do go listen to this, he would have to be there as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your morning routine. Oh boy. So my husband and I just started cold plunging and I don't oh. know if you know what that is, yes. but I listen to a lot of podcasters who do that and I love it. So I know my it's husband doesn't awful. listen to this. That's going to be his birthday present. We've been doing ice baths, but I'm getting uh-huh. him a cold plunge for his birthday. Have you done it? Yeah. Ice baths. I've not like gotten an actual, do you have an actual cold plunge that you're using? We don't. We've okay. been doing, I'm calling it that, but we've been doing ice baths. And it's like, sort of, you feel like a real wimp because we put a thermometer in, in there in the tub. And I'm like, that's only how cold it is. It feels 30 degrees and it's like 55. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I need to toughen up. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> but it works. It's, it's, it's worth it. It's it, totally worth it. But yeah. I very much want to try it. But I would say I do five minute cold plunge. And then um, I listen, my husband laughs because I play like this meditation music while I'm doing that. So just calm, like have a calm mindset. And then I go have a cup of coffee and get my day rolling. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Does it start to not be cold? You can't move. Like you get in there and it numb, like you're numb. You just cannot move. If you move at all and the water starts coming up on new places, you're screwed. It's cold. Yeah. But if you're like, fro- <laughs> like if you're just like, don't move, I, I like the meditation idea. How okay. long do you do it, Erin, when you do it? I'll shoot for 10 minutes plus, Ooh. but like it's awful. And it's not bad when you're doing it in the summer. But the winter is the worst because you're like, it's so cold. The last thing I want to do is get it more cold. But right. it does make a massive difference, like on recovery and just how you feel like and it. It wakes you up. I mean, it's better than coffee. That's for sure. I love the morning it, thing. It really is better than coffee. Um, it's no, we we're loving it so far. And I actually just ordered like an inflatable one. Yes. To, yes. Yeah. That's where we're going to start. And maybe we'll upgrade to one of the nicer ones that's like piped and it's constantly cold. But we'll we'll go this route to get started and make sure it's a solid habit. Yeah. We love it. Oh, I'm okay. Try the first time I, really, I really want to do Courtney, it. If you can if you can make it past the first minute, it actually becomes oddly soothing after that. Okay. Yeah. I, I want minute. to. I just keep uh just get in psyching myself out yeah um okay what are you reading See, that's part of it (laughs) you're forcing yourself to do something so uncomfortable because think about how that carries through your whole day you have to do uncomfortable stuff all day and you just like jump in and do it that's what exactly what joe rogan talks about he's like i do it first Mm -hmm. thing in the morning because this sucks and if i can embrace (laughs) this suck right away and be done the anything else that comes my way is easy for that day. I'm paraphrasing what he says, but that's kind of the gist of okay. what he talks I about. I love yeah. that. I do love that yeah. thought process, yeah. though. Um, what are you reading? I have so many books loaded in Audible right now. Um, <laughs> the one that I'm reading, though, is from one of the 10 KSB instructors, and it's called Bring Yourself. Yes. yes. So, you guys have several. the negotiating? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, from Mara, what, Maury. We oh didn't gosh. get her as an instructor, though. That's the power of doing the online I version. I got to hear her speak in D.C. Well, yeah, I did, too. Yeah. But they okay. got her. did you get her as an instructor, an actual instructor? So I did the virtual program. Yeah, yeah. and she does. And then when we did the graduation, we went to New York, and she spoke to us during yeah. the graduation week. Yeah. yeah. You got she some is, the virtual. She's life-changing. Yeah. 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 And so I. it doesn't even matter if you are – um, anything from a business owner to a stay-at-home mom to a college student, everyone should read this book. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I would agree with you too. Um, a top bucket list item: going on an African safari. Yeah, I like that one. I do too. Yeah. It's so high on mine. A guilty pleasure. Um, you don't have to feel guilty about it. Yeah, we've had. Maybe I know. I'm trying to it. think. It's got to be some stupid reality show that I. Oh, do you know what reality show I love? <laughs> I can't think of what it's called. You guys will help me remember what it's called. It's um. It's where they get married. I think it's called Married at First Sight. Is that uh, the name of it? I haven't watched that one, but that is one. Yeah, yes, it. yes. It is that show that you start watching the first episode and you're like, I'm willing to stay up till four o'clock in the morning to finish this because I need to know what happens to all their lives. Okay. Oh, I'm not starting it then because that's the last I thing I need right now yeah. is because I just did that on another series a couple of weeks ago. That is 100% my guilty pleasure though. Okay. Love that it. I would prefer not everyone knows, but whatever, it's out there now. <laughs> <laughs> we could, just if you sleep, just sleep on this just tonight. Like, we can take no, it out. If I, you're... <laughs> you know, it, we, we're all humans, you know, yeah, we gotta exactly. have those things. Hey, yeah. I'm not judging you for it. There's a lot of people who love that show. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's I, good. I let go of reality TV a little bit. I don't think I watch any, but that's mm -hmm. okay. I, I like used the baking to. shows. Uh, that, oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. there are some good ones. Yeah. All okay. right. Well, Terry, if somebody wanted to find out more information about you or your company, where is the best place for them to go? So marketingrefresh.com is our website. And then I'm on LinkedIn. If you just search for Terry Hoffman in Fruita, Colorado. Um, and, you know, I please connect with me. Yeah. Even if you just want somebody to audit your website, get career advice, bounce an idea off me, whatever it is. Awesome. All right. And we'll I, I especially love helping other women in the business world. I love awesome. it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, all of that will be on our notes page over at first to arrive, last Good. to leave.com. Terry, thank you so much for joining yeah, us today. It was so fun. It was thank awesome you. meeting it was you. Great. It was super fun. Great to meet you too. Yeah, hopefully, we'll get to meet you in DC or like next big event. I know. I really want to go to that annual conference whenever they decide mark your calendar yeah. 25 is when they're 25. talking about it mm -hmm. so mark your calendar it is okay. amazing yeah it's fun but yeah